Hi, this is Dr. Marta Catalinas. I am here again with my friend Farkan Bill, and we're going to talk to you about something very interesting today, which is fish, and we're going to talk to an expert. Yes. Right, Fer? Hi. Um, I'm Farkan Bill, uh, owner and chef at Paellas Tapas Amor, and uh, today we have we are very excited because we have a really really good guest with us, who is a very very um, expertise person in seafood and fish and is Carol Hasenborg. So hi Carol. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you ladies. We are so excited. So thank you so much for, for your time. We know you are very busy. Uh, I would like to say something about you, your bio, so the people can know more about you because I think I can say a lot of things about you. <laughs> But I just try to I be very things. <laughs> <laughs> so as as uh, we know, uh, you was born in El Paso and raised in Dallas. So a real native Texan. So happy. Uh, mother of two children, Adrian and Aaron Thomas. So she graduated with a BBA in accounting in Texas State University. Worked as a senior sales director at Mary Kay Cosmetic with 75 woman on her team. Wow. Yes, wow. It was a blast. It was a blast. Wow. Um, of course, she traveled around the world to Europe, South Africa, among others. She loves to travel. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's been involved in many organizations, including St. Teresa's School Board, Chair for the Auction Committee for Family Fair, St. Andrew's Episcopal School and many other schools, even churches and uh, civic committees, and also in the board of the Candlelight Ranch, and also belong to Le Dame de Scofieri in Austin. Um, so many things, because one of the quality of a uh, very important, of the virtue of Carol is giving to the people. And I can witness that, <laughs> because I'm the one. Um, who was very lucky to meet her long time ago. So Quality Seafood Market is the place we are today. Uh, started in 1938, long time ago, and after a pilgrimage around uh, the places in Austin for many other reasons, finally uh, found its permanent place at Airport Boulevard in 2003. Uh, so um, I know Quality Seafood has provided fresh seafood for over 150 wholesale accounts. I'm so lucky to be one of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and local retail customers are has 5,000 of people, fresh prepared seafood from the restaurant and catering several fundraisers. So um, the most I like it of quality seafood is because it's a place where the families could gather to enjoy fresh, healthy preparation seafood from waters Nervy as Texas and as far away as Alaska. So we are so happy to have you here, Carol. Thank you. <laughs> and I have to say something because this is my first time here visiting your place, Carol, and I am very, very impressed. Oh, thank you. So I've been in Austin area for 22 years and I had no idea this was just basically around the corner and I love seafood, so you have a new client now. Yay. Um, this place is a combination of uh, restaurants and uh, fish market and yes. you can you can find a variety of great looking fish out there 
um, and then you can sit down and have a fish meal also. So I'm very impressed. I really think this is a good setting that you have here. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And Marta Carol was born in uh, north of Spain in Asturias. So she knows a lot about fish well, too. Right, that's why I have so many questions for you because what I'm used to is the little fisherman town, the boats come, small, we're talking about small, yeah, yeah. and they go to a place that is called the Rula and they just the restaurants come and they bid for the price, they cannot say, okay, I pay this much or that much. And so that's what you're gonna eat tonight if you go to that restaurant, so I'm used to that. And I don't know what process will follow here in the States. Where is the fish that we eat coming from? If I go to HEB, if I go to your market here, where well, is fish it? fish comes from everywhere, and I can't speak for all of HEB. So our first goal here at Quality Seafood is to buy as much local as we can. So shrimp, for example, comes right out of our Texas waters. It's from a woman-owned business out of Palacios, which I love to promote women-owned businesses. Um, but she and her family do an amazing job and have been around a long time. So it's really... For me, it's about really the education or learning or the information about the product. So a lot of people don't know that there's several kinds of different shrimp. You have a white shrimp, you have a farm-raised shrimp, you have a brown shrimp, a red shrimp, a pink shrimp, you have a tiger shrimp. So some are farm-raised, some are wild-caught, and knowing the difference of all of those and what's the best premium product. And of course, then the price points. What will people pay and how are they using it in their kitchen? So the application of the seafood. So first and foremost, we try to do local. So everything that I can get out of our Texas Gulf when it's available, that's the first thing. And so every week I'm working really hard to make sure I can get mahi-mahi, snapper, grouper, black drum, um, anything that can come out, tuna, anything that can come out of our Texas waters is our first primary focus here. That doesn't always happen due to weather, um, times of the year, so sometimes it's sourced out and it'll come from further away like Costa Rica, um, so we can get it and mostly to serve the restaurants that way. Okay. Well, um, I have a, a, a question uh, that I'm sure is in our minds as you're talking, and it's about all this information out there about tilapia or fish in general and how some farms are um, raising these fish in uh, non-hygienic conditions, to say the least. It's just uh, terrible, the videos that are out there. So people are afraid to buy fish. And me, I don't know, as a doctor, I have been promoting, hey, eat fish, introduce it into your families at least once a week. And then I go, wait a minute, am I intoxicating here, these families? Or what can you tell us? Why don't you explain to us a little bit of that, those videos that are circulating? Okay, first and foremost, Farm-raised fish is not a bad thing. There are some really excellent farms out there. And for example, salmon is mostly a farm-raised product. So, or it's wild caught, but the Atlantic salmon is a species. So I'll speak to salmon and then I'll go into tilapia, okay? Right. So salmon that we buy in the stores is farm-raised for the most part except for during the wild season which usually opens in May and will close in November. So there's a very distinct season and different salmon are available throughout that time period. And it's watched and monitored by the Alaska fisheries who are some of the best fisheries. So they will set the limits so that we don't overfish. So they're very cognizant of being sustainable for our wild cod. 
but farm-raised, there's many different farms. So the species Atlantic salmon is farm-raised all over the world. It's farm-raised in Chile, in Norway, in oh, wow. Scotland. It's farm-raised on the East Coast and in Canada and Alaska. And in Spain, we have Beastie Factory too. And you could, and I've worked with the and that it's in. really good. And it's really good. So, so those are safe. So they're if it's, all if it's farm the raised, same. No, not no. necessarily. They're all raised. It's the same fish, mm -hmm. but you'll hear it called Chilean salmon mm -hmm. or Norwegian salmon or Scottish salmon. So they're fed a little bit differently, and you just have to do the research on the farms because there's more than one farm in some of those countries. Some may just have one, and some may have multiple. So you've got to know the information about the farm. So we buy a lot of our salmon for a company that's called Creative Salmon. So they, although there is no... Um, certification that they currently do for farm-raised salmon to know what those salmon are eating. So the goal is is not to have overcrowded netting or areas, fenced-in areas in the ocean that they raise these salmon, right? They need room to swim. Yeah. Otherwise, they become very lethargic, and when they become lethargic, then they can get sick, and so then they've got to put antibiotics in the water, and the antibiotics are what they're eating. So they need room to move, and they need to be able to eat. Salmon, you know, make the journey. So the wild salmon, yes, they go out to the ocean, and then it's they so pretty go to back, show. and it's a beautiful, <laughs> mm -hmm. but when they're all caged up, that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. It can't happen, because they're all caged up. So to know the farm and know what they're feeding them. So this company, Creative Salmon, feeds their fish organically. But there's no certification to let us know that all of the farms are doing that. So there's not a standard, a law that says you have to have no. these no. standards. So you need to know where your salmon's coming from. What farm is that coming from? And you're going to pay more for uh -huh. a product that's going to be organically fed. And they're going to have the room because the goal, they've got lots of people to feed, lots of salmon. I did a salmon class here and I brought in wild caught and farm-raised salmon. We prepared it all the same way and I asked 24 people in the class what was their favorite and almost all of them said the farm-raised. Really? Wow. Very but we're why. used to that flavor profile uh. because that's what we eat, right? That's what we buy at the grocery store. That wild has a little bit different wild flavor, if you will, right? Or fishy, maybe. Right. And yeah. so salmon get their color from what they eat. Wow, so that's so interesting. The iodine like and shrimp. So their diet, most all seafood, their diet dictates what their colors, what the sweetness of their, their meat is, their flesh, and so it makes a big difference. No, I was going to ask you now if you give me an idea that I read, and I don't know, this may be totally not true, but that salmon, the meat initially starts white, and then there's something added to make it orange? That's, that the, that's, the, that's the shrimp, the iodine in the shrimp, the shrimp cells. So but they, they, the they fish eat. Cells. When they're, feed, when they're farm when raising they are, them? When they're alive. I mean, when, So they feed them, well, there's, there's what they call an ivory salmon. So there is a salmon that doesn't eat enough mm. of the shrimp, and so you can actually buy. Well, you don't know till you cut it open. Right. If it's a white but salmon. But there's nothing that you can add after. Like if you buy salmon here, there's nothing to buy. There's nothing no, chemical I mean, or right, no chemicals. I mean, no, they shouldn't be. I mean, I guess right. it's possible. Okay. We don't do that here. Okay. But a lot of times that can be lighting. 
um, different mm. lighting and their cases can yeah. showcase a little more pink or a little so more orange. So if it's more orangey, means that they ate more crustaceous like shrimp and right. Yes. yes. Oh. Well, and it'll depend on the salmon. Yeah. So like a sockeye salmon that's a wild caught, they're very, very, very red orange color, very deep color. Intense so they're a small, very intense color, but so is their flavor profile. Mm. And so what they eat and where they swim determines that. So the okay. amount and where, because different shrimp from all over the world, as we talked about earlier, some are white. Some are red, some are brown, and so the profile of the shrimp also and where they grow and what the shrimp eat. So it's mm -hmm. kind of just the whole food the chain, whole if you food will. Chain. Yes, yes. Yeah. And is there anything that the uh, people like yourself, you have a fish market, do you add anything? Or no. Do you know no. if they add anything to keep it looking fresh and shiny? No, we okay. don't do anything here. I can't okay. speak for anyone else, but we don't here. I, our goal here, and we're very fortunate at Quality Seafood because we have a restaurant and we have the retail and the wholesale department, we move a lot of fish. Mm. So fish comes in and it goes, it goes out, out and it comes in and it goes out. So it's very quick. We don't have fish that stays around a long time. That's the warranty of people, the fish. Yeah, most people don't realize that seafood actually, from the time it comes out of the water, to the time it gets to your plate, sometimes can already be seven days old. Mm. But is wow. they are frozen during those seven days nope. or no? Nope. nope. So what they cause getting the heat out of the fish. So if when the fishermen catch it and then they can get the bloodline out and get ice on that fish to bring that temperature down very quickly, then it stops everything, mm. all the movement of the flesh. And so Fish can actually be good for seven to ten days. Think about it. Okay. Just think about it. If you're buying anything that's coming in fresh from Costa Rica, just think logically about it. The fishermen are out. They bring it in. They sell it to someone who then can legally sell it to someone in the United States. Then it has to be transported. So they bring it in off the boat, it's cut, it's iced down, somebody buys it, then it gets sold, it comes to a company here in the United States, it sits in Florida maybe, or maybe somewhere in California, and then it gets sold or distributed around the country. So by the time that fish comes off a boat, a day or two, it's transported by plane a day or two, sometimes that fish that comes in here is already four or five days old. But if it stays whole, the longer it stays whole, and the better it's iced down and the colder the temperature stays above freezing, the longer the shelf life. I've seen, I've eaten fish in here that was caught on a Monday and eaten it a week ago the next Saturday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's but most people don't know that. So that's, yeah. you, when was it caught? Where did it come from? Those are questions So it's very, very important to know the supplier and someone you really trust. Right. Right, and okay. no, so like that's why I said, I try to bring in first from the Texas coast because then I know I have mm. the longest shelf life, our customers have the freshest product. Do you know what I mean? That's and it's true. gonna last them the longest. But the weather is an issue, like oh. you can manage. Even in Texas, <laughs> where if you don't like the weather, wait 15 wait, minutes. <laughs> yeah, weather is my biggest um, adversary, I guess, if you yeah. will. Good and bad. I mean, it just depends on what's going on. So weather fronts and fishermen and how they can fish all make a huge difference. Um, like, for example, this week we have, we've had a lot of rain. Yeah. And so our saltwater fish need 
the salinity, the salt in the water, most of them to live, to breathe properly and to be able to live. So a lot of fish feed on the shrimp and the crab, which are usually closer to the shore. Some of them, not all species of this shrimp, but then the plankton and everything else. And so when you have a lot of rain and that circulates in the water, then the salt level goes down. So they go out further mm. so that they can live where the water's still salty. So, so the, the fish, fish follow, follow them. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of, wow. Don't and go, the, don't go. Fish, no. yeah, like, come back, come back. But then the fishermen are on their flat boats, and then they have guidelines for their fishing that they have to follow through the Texas Parks and Wildlife um, that allow them to fish or not fish, quotas of how many they can catch, the size, the length, and then the days that they can fish. They can commercially fish till noon on Friday, and they can't start fishing commercially again till noon on Sunday. Wow, oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Going, going back to, to tilapia. To tilapia. <laughs> yes. Now I know. I can take you down a million paths. Because this is something that they constantly bring up to me. The tilapia. Well, tilapia story. is okay. probably one of the most popular seafood, I would say, around the world. Um, it's a very mild fish. It's a great starter fish. It's easy to cook, it's easy to prepare, it's mild in flavor, it's something children will eat very easily. It's, it's not very adult. fishy, it's so not they, too they fishy. Love exactly. It. And you can prepare it a thousand different ways. You can fry it, you can grill it, you can broil it. I mean it's a great hearty fish. The problem with tilapia is we don't really have any farms in the United States that grow enough tilapia to um, sustain the demand of tilapia. So a lot of the tilapia is farmed, um, a lot in Asian countries, um, where the rules and the guidelines aren't quite as strict as some of the farms um, that you'll find in other countries like Colombia, for example. So what they're fed, again, this all goes back to go knowing your farm. Where is that product coming from? So yes, some of the stories are true, that some of these farms are a houseboat on a slow-moving river, um, or the family waste, uh, dirty water, they will put chemicals, um, antibiotics, different things in the water to keep those fish healthy so that they're eating. And what they're feeding them is not necessarily food that we would want to put in our body. So you have to be really careful and know what those farms are. Not all of them are like that and not all of that is bad tilapia. But you need to know where it's from and what those fish are being fed and how they're being raised. So we have to trust our local provider because for the regular citizen that goes to the store to buy fish, how do we know? You see tilapia, it looks great there. Yeah, this is one oh. of the questions I really how do you know? we have for you, Carol. Like, uh, how do you know when you are buying fish? What is good, what is not? What, have, what things we have to look for to be sure the fish is well, unfortunately, safe. almost all the tilapia that comes in the United States is frozen, other than maybe that comes in from Colombia, from those farms that are, that are a fresh product. You're going to pay a lot more for tilapia. But it's worth it. But it's worth it. And that's the other issue with tilapia, right? Not only is it a great white fish, it's mild, it's easy to prepare, it's cheap. It's cheap. And the greatest fear that most people have, I think personally, and what I hear the most on my retail counter, 
is who wants to pay 11 or $12 a pound for fish when they don't really know how to prepare it? Right. They don't want to burn it. You can, you can buy a piece of chicken for $3 a pound, right? $4, whatever chicken, you know what I mean? And right. You know how to cook well, chicken. Well, that's what we are here. That's what we have here. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. 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 I, I heard you, Karen, talking with um, uh, Eric Cacciatore in a restaurant, Stoppable, uh, about to compare chicken with fish. And you just tell it now, right. like, right. A, because it's the first idea came to our minds, like something cheap and quickly to prepare, to prepare or cook. And everyone thinks on chicken, right? And no one thinks on fish. And I think it's so easy to prepare. I, I cook a lot of fish, and um, you easier say how important right? isn't it easier than chicken? I think. Oh, fish! Yeah, I it's yeah. easier. I can't fish fish is the fittest fast food. Exactly. It's the best food for you, and has all the vitamins, omegas, and what it can do for your brain function and memory function and your eye function and your heart and your liver. I mean, just. Everything about seafood yes. is amazing, and it really doesn't take long to prepare. Exactly. And so, if you buy it fresh, and you know it's fresh, and it can sit in your refrigerator, maybe, you know, a soccer game came up and you didn't know, and the kids have got to play soccer, and now you're eating at the pizza place, right? And you've got fish that you bought today. If you know you bought it from a great place, it'll be good tomorrow, and you can cook it. But fish cooks in 10 minutes yes. per inch of thickness. I mean, exactly. it doesn't take any time. Exactly. So I would love for that podcast, you talking about educating. So this is the reason our podcast starts, talking about educate the palate of the babies and the kids. So if you don't want really to have a picky eater, the best way is to start when they are babies. The same way we show them and we teach them how to walk, how to run, how to play soccer or basketball or whatever, it's so important to educate the palate. Right. That's the reason of our podcast, to help young parents to educate the palates of your babies before even they go to the school, how to prepare baby food at home, especially with fish, because we in Spain prepare a lot of fish and we eat a lot of fish. So I love when you say educate, because the education can transform the habits or the cultural. Absolutely. So um, I really want to know um, what is your experience or what do you think you have to start educating your employees, your customers? What is your experience about educating? Well, it's never too late to start with anybody. So we work hard to keep our employees here educated so that when people come in that they can ask questions. Um, and they can get an educated answer and one that's truthful and honest and they're trained if they don't know the answer there's someone in this building that knows and we need to go find them and help our customers um, we have a newsletter that we send out weekly um, our retail manager does a little blurb that's kind of an educational thing in the month of October we have um, it's National Seafood Month and every day I send out information and people's name goes in for a drawing for like some free fish, um, a free dinner here, something that they can do. We have That's cooking classes here. No, I just, it's all about educating. So every chance I get it, or every opportunity that I have to educate, that, that's the goal. Children, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't have fish in their diet and they're becoming parents and they don't know how to do that. So I think through pediatricians explaining um, the importance of that and how to integrate that into 
simple diets. I mean, seafood breaks down very easily in soups when children are, you know what I mean? And it's an easy fish for them to learn to swallow. And mm-hmm. so soups are a really great way, in my opinion, to introduce, like, you know, you can do any kind of a pasta soup with some shrimp in it and cut it up in smaller bites. There's all kinds of easy ways. Eggs, breakfast, I think is an awesome way to introduce lox and, um, or shrimp migas or something yeah. fun that's <laughs> fun and simple. Um, I love doing like a little salmon meatloaf, putting it in a, a tin, like a muffin tin. And, and adding, cook it in the oven. Yeah, pop it in the oven and then you have it, you can pop it out easily. Um, there's just a million ways to introduce. Yeah. But I think young parents, obviously, if we can start that, then we start a generation, right? Yeah, um, that's And I right. think the other goal is to not always assume that it has to be fried. Right, that's another, <laughs> yes, yes. Fried isn't a bad thing. No. Um, my mother was a nurse and she used to say, Carol, everything is good in moderation. Exactly. There's nothing that's bad for you if you're using it in moderation. So you don't want fried, in my opinion, to be the first introduction of seafood. That could be the treat, a fried shrimp sandwich. You know, yeah, like it has puppies in with some fish inside with potato. Right, right. right. So oh, they feel yes. like interesting, right? And curiosity, how it tastes, and it's just yeah. But you know, the the simpler the preparation for seafood, the better. Yes. Um, if you're going to put it on the grill. Do your grill with a potato so that you can the starch and a little all. olive oil and a little salt and pepper and maybe squeeze some lemon. So now you just uh, mentioned your mom. Uh, what fish did you grow up eating at your home, Carol? Did oh, you eat fish? It's or? terrible if I even <laughs> tell you this. So my mother was from um, Alamogordo, New Mexico. Mm. So very landlocked. Um, not, not, not a lot of fish. So we actually grew up on the Slater, the Gordon Fisherman fried fish sticks mm-hmm. um, as a Catholic, and that's what we ate on Fridays during oh, yeah. Lent, right? Was <laughs> yes. Fried fish sticks out of the microwave, not the microwave, but out of her toaster oven. It might be the same. All yeah. Lent, you know, is Lent because all Fridays there are fish on the table. <laughs> exactly. My father loved to fish. He was from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so um, you can see that in my well, accent there, Minnesota. <laughs> but um, he loved fish. And so salmon was something that he really loved. And then they lived in the Pacific Northwest. So then we, I did get a little spoiled on some of like the crab legs and some of those things. But um, so no. if you change, anybody can change, right? I can change. A girl from El Paso yeah. now has a seafood <laughs> yeah, market. Yeah, exactly. Anything's possible. I mean, who would have ever thought? It's education. And I see I see what, you're, what you mean when the patients come and I say, okay, uh, boys and girls, are you eating fish? And they go, ooh. And even the parents go, no. So I, that leads me like without any tools to, okay, how, <laughs> where do I oh. start? <laughs> You know, well, I think if you can start with some of the benefits. Um, oh, yeah. Then they all tell me that they are taking fish oil, this and that. They all do. They go to the market and they buy the pills that contain all the nutrients. And they are probably not well absorbed once they come in the form of a pill. But they... It's not Italy, the same. It's not the same. Definitely. It's not the same. And no. it's not never the same. the same. Well, salmon, for example. I have a friend whose son was... ADHD, is that correct? I never mm-hmm. can remember those initials or letters. Um, and he was on the medication 
to help him with his attention deficit, right? And she got really tired of him being on this medicine because she just saw this beautiful boy who had, was full of life and now was totally lethargic because they just squashed it with medication, right, to keep him inactive. And she sought out a nutritionist and introduced salmon into his diet and greens, lots of greens and salmon. They took all red meat out, everything out of his diet, and within about nine months, that young man was completely free of all his medication. Um, but it was a change of diet. So I think it's, you know, you have to be passionate about what you're putting into your children, mm -hmm. and that comes with education, and solid education, not just what you Google and believe everything that you see oh, yeah. on the internet, right? Yeah. And then they have to be willing to try. And that's hard because... It is hard. The price of chicken versus the price of salmon, and you know what I mean, is a huge different thing. But what is your commitment um, to the benefits of your child? And that's why we created the videos that we try to teach them how simple it is. How it takes just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah in less than 30 we're, minutes. We're so our idea of the YouTube channel with the recipes is just show the young parents uh, in you if you just keep 30 minutes of your time to prepare the baby food for the rest of the family yeah, yeah. Uh, for the whole week put it in totally the freezer and ice chest i exactly. mean ice cubes, right yeah exactly and you can prepare for the whole family and remove a little pieces just for your baby so the whole family can eat a dinner with some potatoes and fish and the babies has their baby food on the fridge for the rest of the week so it's, it's, it's just wanted about a little effort for your kids and I think it's totally And I think too if parents it. can incorporate especially as children get over letting them flip the fish in the pan do you know what I mean let them be a part mm -hmm. of the of process, the process even if it's just sprinkling the little bit of salt or pepper or the lemon at the end do you know what I mean incorporate them mm -hmm. so that they see it one of the best things that I see here at Quality Seafood that I love is the generations of people that it's a tradition to come in. And I will see great-grandma to great-grandchild and everyone in between who've come here for years. I mean, we've been around 81 years, and they come on Friday and they get their fish. And mm -hmm. so it's a joy when you see that, that they're passing the shopping, you know, the whole part of it. So it, it can be fun. We've become so instant with do it online, go pick it up. You know, it's all a rush. But if we would stop and slow down the way our mamas taught us to cook, right? The way yeah. your mom did. That's why you're doing what yeah, you're doing, Yeah, I'm a mom right? of five, so I cook all the time for them. And but you it's learned an adventure. recipes, right? It's yeah, the exactly. Part. Yeah, it's, it's a really fun part, and it's uh, very worthy. I, I learned from my mom, my grandma, and friends, and talking with other moms. I When I had my first baby, I didn't know how to cook baby food. It's just asking my pediatrician or, and it's a very common thing. And everyone, the first thing they told me is, oh, that's very simple. Baby food, oh, that's very simple. You just use these ingredients, boiling, and use a blender and you have your baby food. Yeah. So I think it's not very complicated. It's just a little adventure at the beginning, but it's your baby. It's you your want baby, you want the best. Yes, exactly. So I think it's totally worth it. So, um, yep. we are so happy to have you. I know you have a recipe 
Uh, you cook for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much anymore. They're all grown and out of the house. <laughs> so if you allow us, I would like to, to do your recipe in our YouTube channel. Okay. If you want to text to tell us something about it or how your kids eat the first time they show your recipe. So I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna give you the you want the, the word. The okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. yes. So I want you to to talk about how this recipe start or when do you start cooking for your kids fish or this recipe. Well, I believe seafood for breakfast is a great way to introduce seafood also, right? Because it's fun and it's it's exciting and it's quick, right? So really a lot of this started when my kids were young and I was trying to get a good breakfast in them because breakfast to me is the most important meal of the day and get a good breakfast in them. And so just changing it up a little bit and putting ingredients and adding ingredients. And so eggs, scrambled eggs, fried egg, it all can get a little boring. So I love anything with salsa, onion. <laughs> so that's where our love of shrimp migas came from. So we just kind of dolled it up and we make it different every time we make it, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's just something we could do because everyone had a part in it, whether it was cutting or putting the cheese in or crunching the chips, you know what I mean? Just, it's all a part of it to Well, maybe we can, we can have you um, at one of our videos and you can teach us how to prepare these migas. I would yes. love it. I would love <laughs> yeah. it. That's fun. a great idea. Yes. I right? love it. Yes. I love to learn. Yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. That's perfect. So uh, thank you so much, Carol, for thank your you. time. Thank this you. This is very interesting, even for us. Oh, yes. Always learning, as you say, with Adi Broyles in your podcast, always learning. Um, Always an adventure, but thank you so much for thank your time, you. for thank your you. kindness. This is, uh, this is what I love to do, is sharing, yeah. because I've got this all in here, right? And it doesn't do me any good just having it here. Yes. Uh, well, we thank pay you. it forward when we share. Exactly. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. Here in, in the community, just thank having you. this wonderful place open and exposing people to this wonderful food. Thank you. And teaching them how to cook it. I so that's, that's a very big <laughs> I love it. He's, he's a Thank fighter. He's a fighter woman doing a great job Thank for the community, for everyone. And Thank you so much, Thank Carol, you. for Thank your you. time. This I is a really it. it's a blast. It's pleasure. A treat. <laughs> we may have more of these conversations with her. I think we still have yeah. more questions. I think we have to cook one of the extreme migas you prepare for your kids with us. Okay. And we can show the parents how easy okay. it is to do it. Yeah. It's totally yeah. worth it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Don't you. forget to Until Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime. And if you guys, do you have a, a website that you have it through? So, thank you oh, so sorry. much, everyone. And uh, I hope you uh, subscribe to our podcast or give us a like. Or if you have any questions, uh, we will be so glad to answer them. So see you next week. Bye-bye. Until thank next you. week. Thank you. Bye.